Cool 97 Radio Singles live on the Nation's Coolest, Cool 97 FM. Tonight's topic, ovarian cysts. And we have with us Dr. Milton Hardy, OBGYN, joining us for another session on the Nation's Coolest, Cool 97 FM. Welcome back. Good evening, listeners. You're, you're, thank you very much, Mr. Jeffrey. I, I, thank you. Mr. Smith. Yes, I thank you so much, Doc, for uh, joining us as we continue our sessions. So tonight we're going to be looking at ovarian cyst. Um, We're coming out of some serious topics. As I can remember, we did um, fibroids, we did endometriosis, um, menopause, menopause, rather popular, um, and now we're moving to cysts. Can you tell me what is a cyst? All right. Before I answer, mm-hmm. I, I will give a little um, background on the ovary. What is the ovary? Mm-hmm. Right. And your ovaries are part of your reproductive structures. Um, it's a pair of almond-shaped and size organs in the pelvis on either side of the uterus. And these organs bear your eggs and makes their female hormones. Mm-hmm. Um, so when we talk about um, ovarian cysts, we really talk about cysts in this organ, in or on the surface of this organ. And um, a cyst is essentially a collection of fluid. Sometimes there might be some associated semi-solid material associated, depending on the type of cyst. But a cyst is simply a collection of fluids. Now, most cysts from the ovary are what we call functional cysts, in that they arise as a consequence of ovulation. Um, Going back into the history of the ovary, um, at about 20 weeks in pregnancy, you have about 16 million eggs in both of your ovaries. By the time you're born, you have about 1.2 million eggs. And by the time... How much? 1.6. There's a diminution as time goes by. By puberty, it drops down to 400,000. And by menopause, they're gone. So... Every month, basically, once you start menstruation, you have 10, 20 follicles that develop. Mm -hmm. Uh, One becomes the lead follicle. That's the one which ovulates, that is released, um, which can allow you to become pregnant if it is fertilized. So essentially, the whole process of ovulation is the rupturing of a cyst. 
And this happens every menstrual cycle that you ovulate. Because there are cycles that you don't ovulate, you know, but we will get into that later. Mm. 400 what? Thousand. 400,000. Coming from about 16 million in right. my God. halfway the, during yeah. the pregnancy. That's why I'm one most love a woman. Yes, Seriously. Seriously. So ladies are born with all of their eggs. Can I tell you? And then we, we lose them as we age. Yes, they diminish. Yeah, they diminish. <laughs> 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 we, we call it resorption. Oh, Jesus. Wow. Okay. <laughs> so where, where does all of those eggs go? I mean, yeah, especially menopause. They, 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 um, they vanish, you know. They, they just vanish. They're, 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 absor- they're reabsorbed. Oh, into the body. Into the body. Yeah. Okay, okay, okay. But, you know, with each cycle... About twenty of them will try to develop. Okay. One will become the lead follicle, mm-hmm. which, which will be the one that matures the the, the, the most, mm-hmm. and which is released at ovulation. Okay. If it's an ovulate, if it's if it's an ovulatory cycle. Mm-hmm. Oh. Yes, I am getting a clear picture. So, it, 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 with that sort of background, it is no easier for us to talk about a system. Well, mm-hmm. like I am not that competent technically, what is ovulation? Ovulation is simply the releasing of your, the egg. Okay. W- which is responsible for a pregnancy if it becomes fertilized. Mm-hmm. Okay. 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 And this and ovulation is simply the rupturing of one of these follicles, okay. the rupturing of a cyst. Wow. So this, so this actually happens every menstrual cycle. Mm-hmm. You actually rupture a cyst every menstrual cycle during your reproductive years. <laughs> Never thought of it that way. Never thought of it that way. But um, so moving from that now, let us look at what we consider, not through your eyes, but what we consider to be an ovarian cyst. Since as a cyst is ruptured every month to produce a menstrual cycle. What do we now think of as an ovarian cyst when we hear the word? Yes. All right. Um, When we hear the word um, an ovarian cyst, we are actually now thinking about the tangibles. Not that um, ovulation is intangible because sometimes the, the rupturing of this cyst can be so severe and cause such severe symptoms that sometimes these patients actually have to be opened because they think something catastrophic has happened. Mm-hmm. Anyway, th- thankfully that is not the norm. But um, an ovarian cyst is the collection of... of um, it's a fluid-filled sac. Um, most cysts, thankfully, are not symptomatic. So you will make multiple cysts throughout your life without even knowing about it. There are lots of times um, discovered during routine examination. Um, you may not have to do anything about them because some of the cysts, or most of the cysts, are actually what we call functional cysts. And what do we mean by this? They arise because of some normal function. And this normal function is ovulation. So you might find that a follicle develops and it does not rupture and the fluid continues to accumulate into these cysts and they, they manifest themselves as a as a corpus luteal not, not corpus luteal, a follicular cyst mm-hmm. 
Now, these usually resolve on their own in six to eight weeks. Mm -hmm. Now, when you ovulate, what is left of the follicle, the dominant follicle, becomes what we call the corpus luteum. And this corpus luteum is the residue from the cyst which produces your hormones, progesterone and estrogen to prepare the womb for pregnancy. Now, sometimes this may seal up and form a cyst and continue to accumulate fluid. This is also another functional cyst, but this would be a corpus luteal cyst. In terms of pregnancy, it's very important because it, it, it's, it, it, it is the powerhouse for the pregnancy until the placenta takes over at about 10 to 12 weeks. So in other words, if something, for example, were to go wrong with um, this corpus luteal cyst, before the placenta takes over, that you have a miscarriage because the, the, the powerhouse is gone. You have a power cut. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I want to ask a question in terms of... Um, is there a time frame for ovulation and all of these processes within, yes. the, within the woman? Yes, yes. Yeah. It's interesting. We're talking about menstrual physiology, but it's all a part of the, the mix. Okay. Um, essentially, and listen very carefully, you ovulate 14 days plus or minus 16 hours wow. before the next period is due to come. You, 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 you see what happens? It, it, yeah. it actually is set in a back way fashion, but that's how it is. In other words, say you have a cycle that is 31 days long. All right? That is from beginning to beginning of your menses. You would ovulate on day 17, mm -hmm. which is 14 days before the period is due to come. If you have a 22 day cycle, you would ovulate on day 8. So you, you understand now the nuances of the dangers of the rhythm method. Mm -hmm. wow. Because no. any shift, and this is not a constant, this can change in, in every cycle. So but, if but, it, but, sorry, I'm sorry to interject, but what would cause those changes within the woman? They can happen spontaneously, no, yes. good, no good reason. Okay, yeah. okay. Yeah. No good reason. Okay. So me so like me, I'm an expert. Ask, <laughs> ask the question. That's why you are yeah. me here and I'm yes. me, me going over right now. Because you run me out of the studio yesterday. Singles live on and the nation's coolest, Cool 97 FM. Reminding you that tonight's topic, we're talking about ovarian cysts. Dr. Milton Hardy continues. Yes, and this is why the um, rhythm method is so precarious. Mm -hmm. Because a shift in your anticipated ovulation day by two days could turn what is a safe period into a dangerous time. Um, yeah. But, uh, but my, my concern would, would be what would cause, I mean, those deviations in terms of the changes within... Well, one that, has to remember, you know... That would it be a chemical imbalance or something like that? I wouldn't call it an imbalance. Mm -hmm. You, know, you okay. may have... I don't know. You this. will have variations, yeah. all right? Because remember now... The normal cycle length is between 23 to 38 days. 
and if you tell me your period, your, your period comes every 42 days, I call that normal. Okay. So it, it will vary from individual to individual okay. and from cycle to cycle. But, but the, the, there is no hard and fast rule as to whether you will ovulate at a certain time or not. I mean, you have some ladies who are clocks. Okay. <laughs> if their period is there on the fourth Thursday at nine o'clock at night, they're, they're pregnant. Oh dear. But um, you don't have to be a clock to be regular. As long as you come on between 23 to 38 days, you're you, good you, to go. You have regular cycles. Yeah. Mm -hmm. You see, my, my concern would be um, just as a male, uh -huh. when there are deviations, um, is, could it cause some stress? Or could it cause from yes. these some things? Are, these things that, are that, that's where, that, that's these where things can occur. Can occur. Okay, okay, yeah. okay, okay, okay. I'm very curious about that aspect. It, it, various things, but a slew of things can 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 cause that to happen. Sometimes when you change your um your exercise routine, uh, um, or the food you eat, or if you move. How about the list long? The list Tra long. The list is where you could even you know? travel. Uh, that a bunch of women living in a house. Yes. Uh, they just move to a house together. Uh, they eventually all see their peers at the same time. Around uh, the same God. time. <laughs> so it's a myriad of, <laughs> of reasons. No, I'm just asking, uh, I'm just asking this question because knowledge is something that you must Indeed. always, you know. Knowledge is power. Aspire for it. Yeah. Knowledge yeah, is power. Yeah, yeah. Um, <laughs> so when you know the woman, you can... No, yeah, so when Max, there are changes, you know? Yeah, Maxine says, I have a when uno stress we out as me. Maxine, go ahead and sleep. All right, yeah. so let's 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 roll on. Um so we were at um we were looking at um some cysts that are what you call them to be what was the word functional. that functional. That's the word that I want. Functional cysts. Um so can we continue? Sure. Um, you, of course, can have non-functional cysts. Mm -hmm. All right. You have cysts that are formed as a result of um, cellular changes in some of the cells on the surface of the, of the ovaries, like your cystadenomas. And um, these are benign tumors as well. Did we define cysts as benign and malignant, by the way? Yeah, that, no. That's the question. No, we are, uh, no. Cysts can be malignant. Yes, yeah. because cysts, can, cysts are benign or malignant. Okay. Although tonight we, we won't touch the malignant no, cysts. No. <laughs> I don't know if we want to do that for Christmas. Either. No, sir. That's the next year. Lord, every time he comes in, I get one of those scary moments. But... <laughs> Let's brace. <laughs> mm -hmm. Yes, yeah, so there can be benign or malignant. Um, your, some of your benign cysts, of course, your cystadenomas. And these might be serous or mucinous. That is, they might be wa their contents might be watery. Water. Mm -hmm. Or it might be gelatinous and sticky, that sort of thing. Mm -hmm. You could have um, endometriomas from endometriosis. Uh, topic we did a few mm -hmm. weeks ago. Mm -hmm where you could get the um, uterine tissue growing, trying to bleed every month and have nowhere to go. And in a matter of time, you get a cyst growing. You could get your dermoid cyst, very interesting cyst. You could actually even be born with a dermoid, but they tend to develop during um, your reproductive years. And the cysts are comprised of embryonic tissue. So you find that you might, when you take out these cysts, 
they might contain hair, fat, teeth, brain tissue, teeth. skin. Yes, because they are from primitive tissue, so they can form. They can form all kinds of other tissues. Um, I need to ask this question. I hear most of the ladies talk about block tube. Well. That's another topic. Mm -hmm. Okay, okay. Mm -hmm. I know. Mm -hmm. I just want to know if, if there's a correlation. That's a, the correlation between. Um, well, one, if you get a severe pelvic infection, yeah. the infection not only can affect your ovary, but it can affect the tubes as well. Okay. Secondly, if you rupture a cyst, the spilled material mm -hmm. can cause the development of what we call adhesions. Which really can just constrict the tubes, tie it up, so to speak. Because that's exactly what it does. You know, so uh, there is a correlation between all of what we are saying. Mm -hmm. They're all—it's an orchestra, <laughs> and all of the instruments have to be in harmony, or you don't have good sound. Okay. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Continue. Yes. So, um, where were we, where, where was I now? Malignant and non-malignant. No, okay, yes. right. benign. Benign, benign, rather. Yeah, benign. benign. Yes, you have your cyst, you have your dermoids, and um, these cysts can. On, one of the things about ovarian cysts is that they can undergo what we call accidents. And what are these accidents? You can bleed into them. They might burst. They might twist. If they get big enough, and they arise out of the pelvis, they can actually twist on their stalk and you may or may not lose that ovary because of this torsion, call it torsion of the ovaries. Mm -hmm. Or they can become infected and you can actually get an ovarian abscess, which is actually quite a morbid condition to have. You know, it can really be debilitating. Is it painful? Or, um... It's a pain, but it's not a pain that really is a damage. It's a sepsis okay. uh, as a consequence of the infection. Yeah, yeah. You get wow. an ovarian abscess. It does carry a fair mortality rate. A what? But it's, it's, mortality rate. But is it? Is it? Is it? I, I, I don't want to go down that route. But is it something that is? Is? is it's not that common. Okay, I just want to know that. It's not that common. Yes. But like, it can happen. You look like you're worried about No, so. when, when Doc come in here and I'm... No, no, no. I'm learning. I'm learning too. And Myself. Yes. Yeah. And I'm thinking that but, can but happen. can I say something? Every man need for know these things, you know. Yes, I think so. I, I don't think this because is a woman's does it, Because it has a psychological impact. It has an impact on the relationship. On the relationship. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Um... Before we move on, though, because we're coming up on a break, um, let us look at some of the 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 the, 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 the symptoms. Can we look at some of the symptoms? Sure. sure. Um, uh, and the symptoms, well, most people with ovarian have no symptoms, and they are actually picked up on routine examination or on ultrasound for some other reason. Um, but so, what are some of the symptoms you might find? You may get lower abdominal pains or discomfort, especially on the side that is involved. Mm -hmm. It could even get severe enough that you run to the doctor because you might have a rupture 
of the cyst, you might be bleeding inside the belly. You could have constant pain as a result of the ovary, the cyst twisting yeah. and cutting off the blood supply to the ovary. And you could end up with a, a dead ovary, which has to be removed. And of course, with the infection, you could get the fever, that sort of thing. But you could get other symptoms. You, may ta- you might have um, frequency of urination. You could even get constipation. You could get pains with intercourse. Um, the, the question I would like to ask, I've, I've heard this many times from ladies. Um, fast, me fast. Put it that way. Just listening, you know, just being curious. But they normally says uh, during the menstrual period and after, they profusely bleed. Is that a contributory factor to it? Is it? Heavy well, bleeding? Yeah, heavy bleeding. Well, Even after the cycle is completed. You can, some for two months. It's and, a prolonged yeah, you can bleeding. Get, you can get um, menstrual disturbances if you have ovarian cysts. You okay. can. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Mr. Jeffrey? Yes, I'm just looking on the clock on the wall and it's telling us that we need to take a break. Um, want to say hi to all our friends joining us on the World Wide Web. Purpose 715 says, Good night, Dr. Hardy, my OBGYN with my first child. Great doc. Love, love, love him. And uh, Maxine was alluded to the fact that um, this can happen. She's asking, this can happen at any age in terms of, and we're going to answer, we're going to answer that question after the break in terms of um, ovarian cyst, if it can happen at any age or are there a particular age group that um, as women we are prone to ovarian cysts. We're going to take a break. We'll be right back. West Coast, Cool 97 FM is in your ear on 97.1 FM. Westmoreland, keep that cool vibe. Don't touch that dial. Singles live on the nation's coolest, Cool 97 FM. And of course, we are entering... Another portion of our talk segment, and this segment is brought to you by Evergrow Garden Center. When you want it to grow, call the pro. They are the experts located at 12 South Avenue, Kingston. Let them help you master your home gardening skills, nurture beautiful, healthy plants. It's the perfect way to de-stress while you mold that gift off the green thumb and encourage the love of nature in your family. So we were looking at the symptoms of ovarian um, Iva was asking about prolonged bleeding during, um, you said during and after, you think, the menstrual cycle. Um, so Dr. Hardy was addressing that. And then Maxine asked a question, and that question was, can this happen at any age in terms of ovarian cysts? So, well, thanks for the question, mm-hmm. Maxine. Um, ovarian cysts? They tend to be more common during the reproductive years. Mm-hmm. And um, in fact, even though they all need to be investigated, one has to be even more careful in the menopausal patient. Because seeing that these patients no longer have function in their ovaries, 
the developing a cyst, there's a greater chance that these cysts might be malignant, that is cancerous. So, as a rule of thumb, we tend to address all menopausal women who turn up with an ovarian cyst, especially if it is of new origin. If it wasn't there before. If it wasn't there before. Um, I'm going to just throw in a question. What, and, and I think I know the answer, but I want you to answer for me. You have some women who um, they have their cysts and it stays at one particular size. It does not really grow. And then you have another um, set of women. These cysts continues to just grow exponentially. Um, what are some of the causes? I know what you're going to say, but answer it for them. <laughs> very, very good question. And, um, well, a cyst that does not change in size over time, if it is not if it's not a big cyst and if the patient is having no symptoms you could just continue to watch mm-hmm. a patient though whose cyst is whose cyst is growing or are growing require intervention mm-hmm. because it may very well be that um, one something sinister is happening or if nothing sinister is happening the fact that the cyst is growing she's now at greater risk for torsion as the cyst gets bigger, which could lead to her losing the ovary. So once the cyst continues to grow, I mean, I say continues to grow, a cyst that gets up to 10 centimeters needs to be addressed. 10 wow. centimeters in diameter. Mm-hmm. So what, what remedial? Um, we get in there. Yes, don't go ahead of us. Don't go ahead of us. We're still looking at we're still looking at some of the some of the symptoms. I just had to interject to ask about the um the growing um cyst. Um any other symptoms that um that we may have as women? As I said you might have pains. Mm-hmm. You, you and um this pain can be spontaneous. It could be with intercourse um, it could be you could have frequency of urination or constipation okay mm-hmm. because remember now you know you, you're going to have your bulk symptoms as a consequence of compression because all of these structures reside in the pelvis right so if something in the pelvis gets bigger it's going to compromise on the space of everybody else mm-hmm. now as a digression Sometimes patients might um, turn up pregnant and they might also assist. And this, of course, can throw off the um, examiner in terms of trying to ascertain the age of the pregnancy because the, the patient may suddenly turn up to be larger than what her dates are suggesting. Does she have twins? So, you know, you have to rule this out on ultrasound examination. Mm-hmm. An ultrasound um, examination is a is a is a good way. It's a gold standard of of, of, identi- of making the diagnosis. Making the diagnosis, so you cannot. Naturally, you have to take your history, examine the patient, and uh, the ultrasound will be the gold standard in terms of investigation. Okay. Yeah. So we don't want to go around that ultrasound here, ladies. It's the as Doc says, it's the gold standard. Um, of identifying. Not e- not even mentioning the MRI because I know a lot of people talk, tell you about the MRI and why not do the MRI doc no. Ultrasound is the gold standard for an ovarian cyst. 
Okay. My question also is that um, I go beyond the internal aspect in terms of the, the body, but emotionally, does it, I mean, <laughs> is there an emotional impact, I mean, on the, per the ladies, I mean, when this is happening? When this happens. Yeah. Well, you know, different people will treat different um, situations differently. Um, Providing you get um, adequate and r good care in, in, in a reasonable time, it, it and it is a benign cyst, it usually has a good outcome. Oh. The prognosis is usually excellent. No, because you, you, may, you may need intervention, and this intervention could be surgical, whether it be by the laparoscope, which is an instrument, uh, a, a small instrument with a camera where you insert inside the tummy to look around and in fact you may sometimes be able to do your um, surgeries through the laparoscope others you might have to open the patient or do a laparotomy as we as it is known and the whole objective is to conserve the ovary because we, we, we try not to remove one you know because you take out one and there's no backup and you know even though one is good enough for you to have your family. We don't want anything happening with that other one because there is no more. Mm -hmm. I'm, so I'm, I'm, so what, we do, what we do, we try, where possible, we try just to remove the cyst. And this is called cystectomy. And conserve whatever remnants of the ovaries left because you'll be surprised. Once you leave some ovarian tissue, it will regenerate. Mm -hmm. yeah. you, you see, I'm trying to detect as a man, I want to detect symptoms. Some, the, the, the question I want to say, is there a change in behavioral patterns in terms of the lady when she has um, that type of cyst? Is oh, there a change the, the that you could... The change would only be dependent on the impact, the symptoms, the symptoms. are causing Right, her. but what I'm saying, for example, um, she start to get very annoyed or snap and well, that might be because of the pelvic pains that she mm, might because be having. Okay. Because okay. of the pains, because of the pains that she has. But she can snap for, for many other, for many for other, other reasons. reasons. Yeah, she no, may snap because she probably um, is going through um, feeling pain, and you're not right, paying her any but, mind. But so there's a once yeah. again, there's a lot of reasons. That's why I'm saying. But you cannot narrow <laughs> it down it, to it, the cyst. No, no, but the cyst must have an emotional mm -hmm. impact on her. Because she doesn't know what is happening inside. Of course, yeah, she's, she, she's having pain. She's having she pain. Do, yeah, she's only she having pain. Why she's having pain? But she's not going to tell me that she's having pains per se, and the pain is that is caused by that. Well, my advice to all our listeners is that if you have any pelvic pains of sudden right. or new origin, please see your health provider. That's mm -hmm. where I want to go. Not, it might not be a cyst. Could no, be it don't else. have to it be. It could be something else. Yeah. It could be fibroids. It could be endometriosis. It could be other things. It could, it could be things other than gynecological. Mm -hmm. You could have a bladder problem. You could have a problem with your rectum. I'm, I'm, I'm just want to know if there's a mental impact. On the individual, every the woman. Il every every form of illness have a mental impact. No, sir. Yes, it does. Yes, it, uh, yes, it yes, does. They do, you know. Yes, they do. Yeah. Yes. Mm. Yes, they do. 
Well, and, sometime, me, me, and sometimes, and sometimes that's dementia. why. So, <laughs> and when you look at when you when you look on the, 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 the psychological side of things, most of the time yeah. it needs support. You know that all of the stuff that we, that's, we talk that's, about that's, that's, um, that's, support. And okay, so that's where I wanted to. And go. so when a person feels that they're not getting the support that they need, whether it is um, mm. mental, emotional, or even physical support, yeah. to probably just take yeah. up something and put it over there, then you may find a a, a, a change. In, in terms of their mood and their mannerism and their mannerism. Right. So and that's a psychological... As a man, I want to know, I want to know, basically, as a, as a, why, yes. why, why is this happening? Because it's just a psychology of human beings. <laughs> Remember, you, you are a psychologist. He's a doctor. I am... Yes, so that's why... Incompetent right. word Right, so I'm telling you the psychology it, 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 of a, human beings. I'm a layman. Yeah. Okay. It's a function of um, the level of discomfort. Mm -hmm. Okay. And different okay. people react differently. Exactly. Some people have, for example, a very high pain threshold. Right. Some don't. No, but would, would it be best... For if you're in a relationship and this is happening, the person you have, you communicate. Effective oh, communication. Okay, okay. that some, is what this right. is where I want to go. Yeah. In terms of yep. if she's feeling all of that pain, some women don't disclose these it things. It depends either. on the relationship they have with their partner. My God. And if she feels that she's not going to get the support, then she may not disclose to you. Well, she shouldn't mm -hmm. be in a relationship. <laughs> well, that a lot of people are in relationships that they should not be in. No. But, they, but they're, they're there. So they should go to the doctor. Yes, definitely. <laughs> the doctor so let us point. go to the doctor. That's the point. Let us go to the doctor. And you may not know that she go to the doctor because she's not communicating with you, but she may have a relationship with her doctor and she call up her doctor when she's not feeling well, but she may not tell you the conversation that she has with her doctor oh, okay. because she does not feel that she can open up to you. Yes, but I'm telling you from the female perspective also that she may not open up to you because she may feel that it is, she knows that it is affecting your relationship and a myriad of things why she's not communicating effectively with you. If she's in your mind, she'll talk to you. Yes. And if she feels that she can get that support then she'll talk because to you. She feels that she won't be pressured. Like you, she, every month she's having these symptoms and you have some people, who, some men who probably get frustrated and say, I don't understand why I go on with she every month of this. Yeah. Every month of that. When I know this or that. So they're not understanding of some of the things that women and, go and through. And that is the point. It's a common problem. Isn't it? Yes, Thank yes, you. yes. Thank doc. you. <laughs> and that is what I want. That is every, one. Every time, every time I this, every but, time I that. And, and this is one. This is something that needs. I'm. Uh, that's what I'm alluding to for something to address these things. Yes, this is a scenario where this happens. So and I'm saying the men them need to listen to this program. Thank you. And, and, I, and I hope that there are. <laughs> <laughs> communication is very important. If, and it's not just communication, effective communication, where you allow the other party to express him or herself also. So it's I, not one-sided. I don't get a chance to do that on Wednesday. You run me out of studio. I'm sorry, Doc. This is totally... <laughs> <laughs> All right. So we're looking at the diagnosis. Um, let us look at the diagnosis yes. coming out of the symptoms. <clears throat> let us look at the diagnosis. Yes, so um, with a history of these symptoms, the patient will um, be seen. Um, as I said, most of the times they're actually diagnosed um, routinely. A patient coming for a routine checkup or for some other problem. Mm -hmm. And you may discover these on a pelvic examination. 
Um, and of course, if you detect the cystic mass in, in the lady's pelvis, you're naturally going to send her for ultrasound for confirmation in terms of exactly what it is, um, the size of what is there, the nature of the cyst, for example. Is it cystic? Does it have any semi-solid material? Is it solid? Or is it, a, is it an ovarian cyst? It could be a problem with the bladder. It could be a problem with the tube. It could be a problem with the uterus. It could be a pedunculated fibroid. It could be a problem with your, with your intestines. So, moving into treatment, what are... Well, the um, treatment options are, are, are not very many. Um, the, the commonest treatment option is actually what, what we call watchful waiting, whereby you choose to monitor the patients if, if their symptoms are not severe. Because by and large, in most cases, the cysts will resolve spontaneously in a, in a, in a few weeks, sometimes a few months. Or you could monitor the size, because if you have a patient who you're doing repeat ultrasound examinations on them, and the cyst is shrinking in size, providing they are not symptomatic of anything, you, you continue to watch them. Mm-hmm. Uh, you, may have, uh, you may have patients who the size might not change, and those now you're going to have to make a decision as to what are you going to do with them or when are you going to do them um, yeah those now are easy the cysts cause a problem and you know that some intervention is um, needed and this intervention could be surgical um, whether it be laparoscopy as we had mentioned before or, laparot- or laparotomy that is to open the abdomen some patients are actually treated medically because if, for example, you keep making functional cysts, and these now are the cysts that arise as a f- consequence of ovulation, you could simply put them on the pill. It, it might not treat the current cyst, but by shutting down ovulation, you will no longer have more development of your follicles because ovulation is suppressed because of the pill. Mm-hmm. All right? So y- you have that method of dealing with it as well. Hmm. Rather interesting. No, that's, that, if that the is is, that's if the cyst is functional, though. Mm-hmm. Not for non-functional cysts. So, um, the layman again. So you're saying like the bird control tablets and Can. this? Oh. For, func- for a functional cyst. Okay. It will not treat the one that is present, right. but it will prevent others oh. from arising because they are stopping ovulation. Oh. You see, what happens is that the ovaries make the most cysts in the body. And the reason for this is that they are always making cysts. <laughs> so it, it, it's really a, a numbers game. Wow. There's a question that I want to ask you, Doctor. Just moving away from the ovaries... And, and, and move into the breast. What's the difference between the cysts in the breast and in the, and on the, or in the ovary? Apart from... All right, let us go back to basics. Mm-hmm. A cyst is a collection of no fluid. fluids. Mm-hmm. So anywhere you have a collection of fluid... Then a cyst you have, you have a cyst. Okay. So the cysts in the breast are composed of 
breast tissue, mm -hmm. those in the ovaries are composed of ovarian tissue. Our tissue is allied to the ovaries. Mm -hmm. For example, an endometriotic cyst is a function of endometriosis, which is, which is an ally in the pelvis. So anywhere you have a collection of fluid, it's a cyst. Okay. Okay. I get you. Yeah. yeah. That's very simple. <laughs> <laughs> yes, we do have simple cysts. <laughs> The walls are thin and they're full of clear fluid. Yes, yes, yes. Um, so we're still on treatments. I just had to interject to um, to ask that question. Um, but the, remember now, the thrust of treatment is ovarian conservation. Mm -hmm. So you're going to try to remove the ovary as less as possible. Mm -hmm. All right, that's it. Now, one of the things that um, we had not mentioned before are your polycystic ovaries. Uh, I'm sure we hear a lot about that. And um, polycystic ovaries are really ovaries that are composed of follicles, usually on the periphery or the surface of the ovary. Um, Structurally, they are not necessarily large cysts. In fact, they are not. And they are not... They are cysts that um, perform a deranged function in that they are contributors to hormonal dysfunction. So you find that these patients may have issues with fertility that they don't ovulate. So when a patient comes and tells you about their, their cysts, which might be polycystic, and they sometimes are um, wondering what are we going to are we going to take them out. The answer is no. We, we, we use medications to treat that sort of situation, okay. especially if they are trying to become pregnant. We use fertility drugs, which unfortunately has a side effect since we are into side effects these days. That's the point. You you can get, you can actually develop what we call um, a hyperstimulation syndrome where the patient actually develops an ovarian cyst. <laughs> <laughs> trying to prevent, trying to get pregnant? Yeah, but, you know, th th these things are all numbers. What are the chances of this happening? And they're very small. They can also happen if you have a twin pregnancy <sighs> or even if you're having a normal pregnancy. I, I, I know you're not... Um, well, I can't say that, but however... Apart from the chemicals, I mean, giving them uh, medications and so forth, is there another natural way, I mean, hmm. organic way, put it that way, I, I, to I, deal with it? I, I'm glad you raised that um, question, mm -hmm. because um, patients, and we're talking with strictly about people with polycystic ov ovarian syndrome, they, um, they are usually overweight. If you can get them to buy into a weight loss argument, right. they will start ovulating long before they get to their target weight. Wow. Because wow. some other people, you might tell them that you need to lose 60 pounds. They present <laughs> with no period. They're <laughs> overweight. Yeah. So, of course, they're not getting pregnant because they usually present with either because the period hasn't come. Sometimes they get a prolonged bleed or sometimes they are suffering from infertility. If you can get them to buy into the weight loss argument, mm -hmm. 
by the time they lose 15 pounds, even if you ask them to lose 60, mm-hmm. the periods return and they become fertile again. Wow. So th- th- that, that is a natural method of dealing with it. That's the point. I mean, because I don't believe in the... Um, I'm sorry, I... I'm not a medication man. No, well, my doctor tell to. me I'm non-compliant. <laughs> Seriously, him say the doc, my doctor personally says I'm non-compliant. Well, there seems to be evidence of that if you take <laughs> <laughs> medicines. <laughs> the, not, not, and the reason is that um, this is deviating from the topic, however. But whenever I'm given a prescription, I do a research on it, hmm. and I look on the side effects. And my experience in life, I found out that these medication you you're a doctor so you're not going to say anything negative about it but i can say it from my perspective most people when they get medication before they take the medication they need to check on the side effects look on the television they tell you to take something it affect your liver affect your kidney affect your heart so why would i take something no. like that and i'm glad you have raised that okay point because it's a numbers game Okay. Mm-hmm. Wow. What is better for you? For you, not to take <laughs> the medicine or be one in a hundred thousand who will be affected by this mentioned side effect. Because remember, you know the pamphlet that comes with the drug is really to protect the drug company. That's the point. From, a disclaimer. From a lawsuit. Yes, yeah, a disclaimer. However, you are more likely to die <laughs> if you don't take your hyper, high blood pressure medications than if you take it. No, but. You 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 can it's, take your it's garlic. It's all about numbers. Well, and you can take your garlic. You can take your. It's good for cooking. Yeah, but it's good also for hypertension. Um, cinnamon. Um, cinnamon has some coconut water on reducing the no, blood sugar. No, natural but, cinnamon. But we, but we can't. Me- you see, one no, of the problems no. is that we can't measure these things. Big. Be- I have an issue, you know. My issue is, sorry, my issue is, and sorry for deviating from the topic, but the truth is that most of these medications that they're giving you, the side effects have more impact on the human body than the natural things that we have here. No, I, I beg to differ. No, you're you going you you to see differ. the other thing, you know, that I, I and I'm, I, I, I we're, di- we're, di- we're diverting. We're from diverting. Our, our no, topic, I know. But, I would, yeah, but, but natural doesn't mean harmless, you know. And no, I don't say no. That mm-hmm. a lot of people mm-hmm. make, you know. It's how you go about using the natural thing. Yeah, but most people have no uh, idea. You dry the bush before you Most use people it. have no idea what to do. Okay. Yeah, and what they're, how they're it preparing and how they're doing it is absolutely to take, to wrong. Take the medication. And it, it, it comes down to all numbers. It's about numbers. What, what is more dangerous? The, the medication, medication or the alternative. The medication. No. Yeah, but one has to also look at it at, at if there if it is something Hello. that is non communicable, then you're going to look at the preventative and, measures. And but I've uh, Hold on, one thing mm-hmm. I gonna say. When my granny grew, when I grew with my granny, <laughs> Miss Sarah, me I was said there was no pill for headache and nothing for these things. And they found sources, I mean from natural things that cure these things. For example, if I if I have a nasal problem or a mucus or whatever, guinea hen. My mm-hmm. my grandmother, if I have mucus on my chest, usually give me Vaseline. And she put it in your mouth and within fifteen, twenty minutes all of that mucus came up. No, me just show you the difference. Because 
farm pharmaceutical business is big business. <laughs> okay? Yes, it is. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I am saying, even with the COVID thing, I'm sorry, not deviating. Sorry, I'm going to stop yeah, after this. I'm going to give you Hold one on. minute to me, stop. Me done. But the truth is that, <clears throat> have they ever done an autopsy on the no, person who have COVID? No, that mm-hmm. He does not. They yeah. do? Mm-hmm. And they, they check, they do a toxicology thing to determine whether or not the, 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 the COVID has something to do with the chemical within the person's body? I'm sure they have. I don't think so. But um, what I am, since we're on the topic, um, it, it's, it's, it's all a numbers game. You can look at the stats. Yeah. What is better? And what is worse, or what, or sometimes what you have to do before we take the break is I'm to. Reading, is to I'm reading in Miami. Look at, look you, at what you have to do. You have to do a combination of both. Okay. Um. So you're you're going to resort to healthy lifestyle, well, but sometimes you really, sometimes Ivor, take yeah. it from me. Yeah. Sometimes you take really my can't. Take I, my we, we understand okay. that. The world so, know that oh, by oh, now. Oh. Is that sometimes uh, you have to do both. Yeah, um, healthy lifestyle works along with um, medication. The RNA of my vaccine is AstraZeneca, which is the real RNA. The, the <laughs> you other know one, them. Right, ten thirty. Yeah. Ten thirty on the clock. <laughs> reminding you that this talk segment <laughs> is brought to you by Evergrow Garden Center. When you want it to grow, call the pro. Remember, they are located at 12 South Avenue, Kingston. <laughs> Let them help you master your home gardening skills and nurture beautiful, healthy plants. It's the perfect way to de-stress while you mow that gift of green thumb and encourage the love of nature in your family. We're going to take a break. We'll be right back. Alrighty, so you got your time. You asked all the questions that you wanted to ask. All right, so I got a call um, from a lady, and this is what she's saying. She is, um, she has um, cysts, and her cysts developed because of um, she was told by her doctor hyperfertility. Um, I. Are the cysts currently there, or yes? Um, that what she says. Mm-hmm. She is over a little bit over forty, mm-hmm. and her doc has placed her on um, birth control. And um, what concerns in terms of the birth control with her age? Well, as long as you're not a smoker, you can take the birth control pill up to the menopause. Mm-hmm. As long as you don't smoke, you don't so, smoke. So her age is not a problem if she's a non-smoker. And he sees he's, her doc is saying that her cysts are actually functional cysts. Yes, if, if they are a consequence of um, hyperfertilization, I, I think she really means hyperstimulation. Mm-hmm. I, I suspect that she might have been placed on fertility drugs for fertility reasons, and these are some of the this is one of the complications that can occur with fertility drugs. They can also happen if you have a twin pregnancy. It can happen even in a normal pregnancy or if you have one of what we call the trophoblastic diseases of pregnancy where you know you can become pregnant and develop, instead of developing a baby, you develop a cancer or a precancerous condition where you get molar tissue and where you have a high level of the human chorionic gonadotrophin hormone. This can actually cause 
hyperstimulation of the ovaries and the development of a cyst, which actually can be quite serious, you know, because not only can you get a cyst, but you can also develop fluid in the abdomen and fluid in the lungs. So it's a condition that can actually kill you. Anyway, having said all of that, um, it sounds as if that's what she's trying to say. That she has. Repeat the, repeat the word that you, you mentioned in terms of... Uh, she was saying hyperstimulation. Hyperstimulation. Yes, I and think that is what she was trying to say. Does this happen naturally? Yes, I just said so. Yes. It happens naturally in a twin pregnancy. Or can happen. Yes. Even though it tends to happen um, fairly frequently when we give you fertility drugs. Mm-hmm. You know. So she's one of those individuals. If, if, if she wants to, um, the possibility of her conceiving a twin is it's it's it's. Yes, yes. You hear that? I mean, she's listening keenly. That yes, the possibility of you conceiving a twin is great. You can give me one, and you can keep the other. Just <laughs> this is based upon the fertility drug, right? No. I mean, you, you can have it naturally. You can, it's happening naturally. No, but I'm naturally, saying but she's having this because of the hyperstimulation. Hyperstimulation. So from it, where? What the hyperstimulation come from? I assume it's from some fertility drug. Okay. So they are tamping down her symptoms by putting her on okay. the pill. Oh. Oh, that's why I'm. That's where I was going. But then, as I was saying earlier, it's a numbers game. It is. How it's often does this happen? True. Yeah, you know. True, okay. true. These things can happen, and and you must bear that in mind. Nothing is perfect, or foolproof. True. So in 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 her in her case where these cysts are um, occurring, and she says sometimes two at a time, um, and continues to to See, be somehow I'm not, to, I'm not convinced that she's giving all mm, of the information. correct information. Mm -hmm. right. You know, because um, once you get fertility drugs, why these cysts will develop? is that you're stimulating the follicles that we were talking about, you know. Mm -hmm. All right? They're all there. Now you're stimulating them. Mm -hmm. And they could develop in an unusual fashion. Mm -hmm. Usually aberrant, if that's what she's saying to us. You mean abnormal? Uh, yeah, right. at a more rapid pace. At a more rapid yeah. pace. Than, than yeah. we would, would want it to be, or would expect it to be. Okay. Wow. Well, I hope that she's gaining some um, some well-needed information, and she's listening. And um, what she's concerned about it, or she the pain? Oh, the pain! pain. Yes, yes. Oh. severe pain. pain. Sometimes I, I, by I, just I, walking. I, I would um, suggest that she have a chat with her caregiver, Look, right? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Because for her to be getting this sort of treatment, I would assume that she's seeing a specialist. Mm-hmm. She could be overweight. No, she's not overweight. No, I'm asking. She but could be. But she, she could be, be, but she's not. Okay. But she's not. Okay. She's not overweight. Okay. okay. Could be, but she's not. Um, but she's more concerned also, something that she mentioned, um, Ivor, about the, the whole psychological... When I finish here, so I'm med medically competent <laughs> to speak about... The whole psychological she, effect, right. and she was... Um, <laughs> She was thankful for you asking yeah, that question. Yeah, it's more it's more complicated than that, though, you know, because the, the, the whole psychological effects. I, I'm, I'm assuming now on a patient like this, mm -hmm. you have the psychological dysfunction from the fact that she's seeking assisted reproductive technologies. So she also 
has psychological issues from not having born children naturally. I so, think I think she so, has so that, I think she has one child. I think that child was was, was um, conceived naturally. I'm happy to hear that. You see, you remember I was on my phone. Yeah, but you oh, don't. You know I that. know that. Okay. Okay, doc. <laughs> I'm just saying. I, I I don't know, but I'm just I'm just saying that Remember I think. But you so. always chastise me. No, I I am oh. I am thinking that it oh, happened okay. naturally. Okay. Yes, okay. yes. All right. We were looking at treatments, mm -hmm. and we're going to look at. Um, are there any new developments in terms of treatments on the horizon for women suffering from um, ovarian cysts? Well, you know, as technologies advance, you have laparoscopic surgery. I, I am sure we will have robotic surgery when we can afford it. <laughs> you know, so these would be would certainly be new initiatives. Laser, robotic, no, not laser. No, Ro I wonder if laser would be a um, form of technology. Well, the la laser would be ablative. That is destructive. Um, you probably want to remove the fluid from the cyst, you know, so you probably don't want to be so traumatic okay. in terms of what you do. Okay. But um, certainly, mm -hmm. they could hook you up to the robot, the technician puts <laughs> in the, the, the probes, and you, I could stay at home and do the surgery on my computer. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> but with, with, with that said, though, um, removing um, one cyst or two cysts. What yeah. are the possibilities, especially if you're within a particular age range, mm -hmm. of those cysts reoccurring? Nice question. Having made a cyst, you are more prone to make another. Very good question. Now you see a pause looking at <laughs> you. <laughs> so having removed... No, having made, made, a, made. Having made <clears throat> a cyst, you're at greater risk of making another one than somebody who has never made one. In terms of a pathological cyst. Mm -hmm. Because you're all making cysts every month when you ovulate. Mm -hmm. Oh boy. Mm. Mm -hmm. It's number. Ev almost everything in medicine is numbers, you know. Mm -hmm. It's all about the numbers. Um, hereditary. Is it hereditary if you have a line of women in your family who suffer from o from ovarian cysts? I would. Or, hmm? You can finish. No, and I, I, you can answer. I would say yes, because wh whatever you have in life, there has to be some genetic basis to it. So my answer to that would be yes. That is proven scientifically. Yes, it is. It is anecdotal in many cases, but it is. It tends to follow the trend. Okay, okay, okay. The science would mean that we have studies that support what we are saying. Uh, we probably might not have um, studies on, on all facets. Certainly, fibroids, fibroids, black black woman's disease. If your family have fibroids, there's a good chance that you will have fibroids too. But uh, that would be a genetic 
a, a genetic consideration. Do, again, I'll ask another question. Um, do we do research in Jamaica pertaining to like cis and Eastern? Well, I do, different work, type? I do work. I do work on some aspects of fibroids, okay. which we pu- publish internationally. Okay. Okay. Mhm. Mhm. I'm. I'm. I'm just. I'm just saying that we need to get ahead. You understand me as a country. You're going to tell her that we don't have the funding, Ivor. But well, you know, I know that, you know. Sometimes the funding. The is, will. The, so it's the will, you know. It's the will. Because we never had any big funding to do our research on okay. fibroids. Okay. It's just a will. But you had the will. Yeah, we had to fund it ourselves. That's no, what I'm no, saying. Nobody's sponsoring you. <laughs> but, but we do need to. There's yeah. a need. But what we have to remember about research, you know, you don't need, you don't need to be studying highfalutin um, material and highfalutin equipment. You, you could simply be looking at what is more common in this population. You know, right. that information is is of immense value. Right. You know, so. Mm-hmm. It, it, it doesn't have to be you in some big laboratory. That's, that's the point r- I'm making. Running big experiments. That's, that's the point I'm making. And there's, there's no shortage of that type of research which is necessary in this region. Because there's data. Yes, and, and, we, and there, the data is there, right. but nobody has analyzed the data. To show the commonality and... Exactly. Oh, so that, that holds about the research. So, um, wow. But I, I, I think the will is... Is, is, is the problem. Is a, I wouldn't say the problem, but it's a part of the mix. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's a part of the mix. Because we, without a healthy society, you know, I mean, how is it going to grow? How the country going to grow? Because, for example, how we got mixed up with the fibroids research, you know, is that we are having a problem in that we're having all these women, young women, getting fibroids. And we had to see what we could do about it. So we did what we could do about it. And then the fibroids grew back. And these women would normally have been offered hysterectomies. I said, no, we can't. These women are still young. Mm. And we did another study doing the repeat operation, mm. which we got published in the top journal in the world in gynecology. Yeah. Out of Jamaica here. Mm-hmm. But um, you, you really have to have the willpower. Man, you know, the other thing we must remember, though, you know, is that no research is being done, you know. But you folks in the media don't put these things in the, the news. Right. <laughs> <laughs> I agree with you. Eh? I'm just troubling. <laughs> no, no, I always believe that. Um, because a lot of work, a lot of work is still being done, done here. Oh, dear. Yeah, yeah. I know of it, but it is not published. Or it's it is not, not published. Known. Yeah. And if nobody knows about it, it didn't happen, you know. Right. Mm-hmm. Right. Mm-hmm. right. Mm-hmm. I'm, ju- I'm just saying we need to push this in the forefront, I mean, of the society. But we could do, we could also do more. You know, there's no oh. question about that. Okay. I mean, we really need this thing. We're too dependent on other people, other nations to support our thing. We can start. Look on what? Cannabis, was it? Mm-hmm. Right. I'm saying look on that. Um, he did the research. And, and, I, and I, I, don't know, I don't know the whole history of it, but look what it did. 
um, for the glaucoma. Right. Yeah, so right. That, that was the story I was about to tell you. <laughs> it's about two of my teachers. Mm-hmm. Um, Man Lewis, Professor, the late Professor Man Lewis, right. and Dr. Lockhart. They used to go fishing together. Oh. And the story they gave was that they couldn't understand how the Rastamin, no matter how dark the sea was, they could see. Okay. And they, they, the Rastamin could see and they couldn't see. <laughs> and they tried to analyze what was the difference between them and the Rastamin. It was the Ganja. And that's okay. how the research started. Mm-hmm. Okay. Mm-hmm. okay. Just that. Just so, that. So I'm saying there's, there's so many things. And um, I was speaking to uh, somebody who... They, who is kind of know about the, the, the plants and things that we have in this country mm-hmm. and he says that Jamaica is like the garden of Eden mm-hmm. they have some am- wonderful herbs and spices that sounds yes. like, amazing that sounds like Dr. Lowe uh, sh- <laughs> <laughs> have some, have some yeah. amazing plants here yes we have some amazing plants Um, However, so as we're getting ready to wrap things up, though, I know that um, Doc had mentioned the fact that when we change our lifestyle um, in terms of some of the the, 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 these diseases, it's it's possible. But you have some women who, when it comes to um, ovarian cysts, it's sometimes difficult for them to. to, to maybe do excessive exercise and 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 and, and walking, is yes. that so? Excessive exercise mm-hmm. could actually evoke some of the symptoms that one might get um, with with um, an ovarian cyst. Mm-hmm. You, for example, doing high impact exercise, high impact aerobics. Yes, yes. you could or actually abdominal crunches and yes. curls, that, that sort of thing. Yes, it, it could manifest itself in terms of pains when mm-hmm. you're doing these mm-hmm. processes. Mm-hmm. Or the aggravate Exactly. Or, okay. or, or simply just compressing the mass, you know. Okay. It's like a balloon. If you squeeze it, yeah. you might compress it, but if you squeeze a live organ, you also could get pains. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You know, so you have that too. The other thing, though, that I, I, I'm not sure if we emphasized enough was the significance of the cyst in the menopausal woman. Uh, a, a cyst in the menopausal woman must be addressed. Yes, you mentioned it, but I wanted to mention it again. Right? It must be addressed because the risk of it being a serious cyst is far higher than in the younger patients. Younger patients and menopause, the, the average age was what, 52? In <laughs> our population, about 53, yes. 53? Okay, yeah. okay. Yeah. It seems to be rising. Yeah, as you had mentioned in a prior um, yeah. session. Be- you know, I'm not sure why, but Is I can also food? say, I don't know, but it, it's it's not a good thing though. No. All right, but it is. it seems to be rising. Okay. Is there anything that you want to add before we wrap things up? No, I, I think we're good. I think we're good. Um, yeah. uh, we had mentioned about polycystic ovaries. Mm-hmm. It's really a diversion, in, in term, a digression in terms of the, mm-hmm. the, the current topic. Mm-hmm. But we, we, we need to mention it just in case people may raise questions mm-hmm. about it that we didn't talk about it. Right. But we're really talking about um, the non-functional cysts mm-hmm. tonight. And, and functional. And functional. And you said the ultrasound, just to remind our listeners if you're gold, joining us, gold is the gold standard. 
the ultrasound don't don't um go around that one you know that's the gold standard um in terms of your um diagnosis and correctly diagnosis um correct diagnosis rather where you can actually see the size measure it measure it you can see the nature of the, the, cyst, nature whether, of the cyst whether it's a simple cyst just fluid or it has in solid particles because that will determine or help you help to make you have a better determination of what the cyst might be okay another big question i was going to love this one um because no, <laughs> it has something to do with our eating habits yeah. are there any um any um conclusive um research and evidence to show that women who are um vegetarian develop less um ovarian cysts than women who are actually um, meat, meat eaters, eaters. We, we have no research um telling us anything about this mm -hmm. you know not to my knowledge right and in terms of what you see in, in terms of your your office mm -hmm. um do you find that women who tend to consume more um, chicken with the steroids in it. Yeah, I know you were going to... <laughs> the chicken with the steroids, right. Oh, Lord, Ivor. Yes, yes. yes. But, we cook this, but we cook the chicken. Okay. Yeah, but that not says steroids. Depends on how they cook it. Because you hear a lot of persons pointing their their fingers in that direction sure. and says yeah. that... Yeah, that um, well, I know that um, patients... Or people will tell you that um, the steroids um, will cause this to happen and that to happen. Um, but um, going back to fibroids, um, people tell that, oh, the chicken will do this because of the estrogens. Mm. But fibroids are common in black women, no matter where they Good. come from. That's the truth. And, and the diet is not the same everywhere. Mm -hmm. I, I read about that. Yeah. Mm -hmm. The diet has nothing to the do diet with it. has nothing to do with it. Yeah. Okay. Mm. Mm. In fact, I will take it a step further. Uh, in fact, I'll throw it a challenge. If that was so, we would have more fibroids in Jamaica. <laughs> <laughs> because we eat a lot of chicken. chicken. <laughs> <laughs> And fibroids are common in Jamaica. Yes, right. and we would have more. My <laughs> word, because I can tell yeah, you, when it boils yeah. down to chicken, we really yeah, love our the, chicken. From the last topic, we, he had a with, had with fibroids. Mm -hmm. I did that thing, and it has nothing to nothing do. Nothing to do. No, yeah. No, but <laughs> but we're still, you can't yeah. tell some people that's still in the eyeball. No, but you don't really need to put someone's steroids in there. <laughs> Grow your full domestic. Still, uh, still chicken. Still chicken. Still <laughs> chicken. Like still chicken. Get the the can, get <laughs> However. Doc, I want to thank you so much for taking time out to join us again inside Singles Live. And we're looking forward to having some more. Um, sessions we need some male you. topics, though. He know. did, you know. No, I wasn't here. You came. came. No, I wasn't here. Yeah, on, oh, sorry, dear. Okay. <laughs> he did. Erectile. What yeah, you want to do something on erectile dysfunction? The urologist must come back and talk about it. Okay. Because that's, a, because that's, a, that's a big topic too. In Jamaica, but no, it, everywhere, everywhere. No, but I know. But the truth <laughs> is that is is kept. Taboo. Thank you. Yeah, nobody, yeah. nobody talks, nobody about, talks it, about it. Nobody talks about it. It's something that is happening 
Um, just have my ears to the ground. Yeah. Yeah, and we'll 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 find that. You we'll, need we'll, to you need to bring that topic. I'm going to be bringing that topic from that from that. No, no, you just on that topic. Hey, so. No, I'm yeah. tell you. Yeah, you remember you mentioned it last night. Yes, I'm here. Say it again. <laughs> Talk to me. <laughs> <laughs> Hello. Talk to me. Hello, I ain't going there. <laughs> And te- yeah, tell me about it. <laughs> no. <laughs> no. Yeah, no. we'll we'll address that. We'll address that. We'll get Feed to your body it. Well and you're yeah. good, you don't have to take any of those. You talk about blue pill and so forth. I ain't going there. All right. Feed your body, right? Body. Yeah. <laughs> Wanna say thank you so much also to Evergrow Garden Center. Remember as Jamaicans we must grow what we eat and eat what we grow and at Evergo they are the ultimate one-stop shop where you get everything for your farming gardening and growing needs you can call them at 876-906-9916 or 876-906-9160 for details you can also follow Evergrow on their Instagram and Facebook pages at Evergrow Garden and of course, you can stay tuned for more sponsored segment inside Singles Live, courtesy of Evergrow Garden Center. Cool 97. Radio. Radio.